It's time for Trust Talk on the Mighty 790. We've got Brandon Erickson from O'Keefe O'Brien Leeson Attorneys here in Fargo. Okay, so Brandon, let's talk about this right off the bat. You're telling me that the average American has more than $90,000 in debt. Yep. Collectively, Americans owe $14 trillion with a T. With a T, yep. That's a Whoa. lot. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's important in the probate process to consider the debt, so yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about the aspect of, uh, let's say I have a spouse, whether it's medical debt, whether it's mm-hmm. student loan debt, it's our mortgage, whatever it is, there is debt sitting there, and my spouse is to pass away. What happens to that debt? Is it together? Is it separate? Um, well, it really depends on a lot of things, but typically, if you guys are joint account holders, things like that, it's going to be a debt that's going to be your responsibility because... You know, your spouse had access to that account and it was their money just as much as it was yours. Uh, Thankfully, we don't live in a community property state. I practiced for a long time in California where, you know, if you had separate accounts or your your spouse took out a $20,000 credit card bill, well, that bill is your bill too because everything's community property. So every dollar they earn is yours, but every dollar they owe is also yours in community property states. But that's not the case here in North Dakota. It's a little different. So, so when probate happens, and can we just give a brief explanation yeah. of what probate is? Yeah, so probate's kind of the legal, the court process for uh, you know handling someone's estate after they pass away. So you know the court lines up who's entitled to what, who gets what, and then who's going to you know receive the assets from the estate. But um, you know, the first thing that always gets paid, well, first is the attorneys, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we write the laws. So anyway, um, and then the second are debts, right? They, they, all that stuff, all your debts, obligations of a person have to be paid out before the beneficiaries ever receive anything. So it's important to plan that stuff out. So, so what happens if there's not enough individual asset to pay off a debt? Yeah. So, you know, what will happen typically, you know, if an estate ends up in probate and say the person owned a bunch and, you know, medical bills is the most common thing, right? They were in the hospital for 30, 40 days, didn't have insurance or something like that. And they owe twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 in a hospital bill. Um, that Those bills may be more than that person ever had in cash. And so that estate will be declared insolvent, but we have to line up those creditors first and you know, within you know a month or two, the collection agencies start calling, and now they're the creditors because they buy the debt from the from the from the debtor, and in they're lining up to say, hey, we want to get paid. We don't care if it's a third of it, but we want as much as we can get out of that estate. So, when it comes to a creditor calling about somebody who's died, mm-hmm. do they get ultra aggressive? Do they want all the money right then, right there, or is there some wiggle room in some cases? Yeah, you know it. it Credit collection is a tough industry, and there's a lot of shady characters in it, um, in my opinion. And it, it's tough because there's the lines are very blurred as to how aggressive they can be. You know, there are rules from the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau that say, you know, they can't are not allowed to say, hey, the person, the debt to the person that is dead is also your responsibility. That's a bright line rule. They can't make you think that. And you know, in an area where there's a large elderly population, we truly try and watch out. You know, people call in or, or they come into the office kind of crying. They're worried about their husband or their wife's debt. Um, and we try and, you know, work that out with them because if they if things weren't planned out, we're going to end up in probate and we're going to have to notify all these people about what is, you know, what are your obligations? And there may be no money left over after we pay all the debts of people. So, Can I give you a scenario and you tell me what you would think about something like this? Yeah, sure. Okay, so mom and dad, Joe and Jane, mm-hmm. uh, have two kids. 
and they co-sign like mom or dad co-signs for a loan for a home, yeah. starter home for one of the kids, right? Yep. And then mom dies. Yeah. Are they going to try and get do you take that loan immediately, or are most banks pretty cool about understanding like, okay, well, as long as payments are being made, yeah. Yeah, as long as payments are being made, you know, if, if if it's a kid's home in that scenario, they're the you know the primary guarantors of the loan, so the bank will be fine with them being sufficed. Um, you know, there may be an analysis that an obligation of the person who borrowed the money that if their credit or their finances weren't enough to qualify for that loan, they had to notify the bank that hey, one of the people that helped guarantee this loan because we didn't have good enough credit or good or enough cash down payment. Is no longer able to, be, you know, back this loan. So the bank, there may be an obligation. I guarantee, ninety nine percent of people don't tell the bank that, uh, and it's not a problem, right? <laughs> okay. But, but if it ends up in foreclosure or something like that, or had to be short sold, the bank's going to get a little excited about that. So, is by there the way, anything- hold on. Oh. I feel like you haven't got to the point where you're like, this is what would handle all of this, so you don't have to worry about this. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. where I was going That's next. Where going, yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's all about the planning of it, right? It is. I can never advise my client not to pay debts, especially if the estate or somebody was, was liable to it. Because the problem runs in, if, if everything was like in a cash account and the person had a lot of debts, but hey, I'm a, you know, I, the cash is supposed to be me. I'm the payee on death of the account. Well, that estate still was obligated to pay that account. And so theoretically, what could happen is a creditor could come after you for taking that money first because according to the law, they're higher in priority to get paid that money. So you theoretically by receiving that money could be liable. Now I don't, if people are listening out there, don't get scared because a lot of people think like, Oh, am I responsible for mom or dad's debt? Your, your own money is not, but if you take money from their estate, that money could be responsible for it. So, you know, the biggest thing is one is, you know, get affairs and debts lined up. There's things like life insurance trusts and things like that, that people should set up. And that could cover debts and obligation that a person has uh, before they pass away. Now life insurance is expensive as you get older. So, there's other irrevocable trusts where we're basically taking that money out of a person's estate, and now it really never was that person's money, and it's not responsible for that person's debts or obligations when they pass away. So, What about a situation where, let's say you have a bill you pay once a year, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so um, that comes and goes, and it's outside of that 90-day window where you have to post in the paper, you know, yep. that this person's yeah, died, yeah. and da-da. Is there a, a limitation on when a company can come after you for a debt if they didn't send something in writing within that 90 days? Yeah, absolutely. So if they do it outside of that 90 days, they're barred forever. So they, you know, if we publish that in the paper and you look back in those classifieds or wherever it is, the, the, the notices, um, there is from the date of that thing it first publishes, there's a 90-day hard deadline um, that that person has to make a claim. Now, also, a contingent of that is if you know of that creditor, if you know that that person is owed money, you have to notify them. You can't just skirt that and say, oh, we put it in the paper, but we knew about it. Well, you have to write them a letter saying, hey, we think you may have a debt against this estate. Please make a claim against it if you want to. So, What yeah. happens, too, with those everyday bills that come in? So, yeah. you know, you talk about probate and settling an estate. It can take months. I yeah. mean, I'm sure you've seen cases where maybe it's even taken years yeah. because of, you know, one wrong... That one thing where that they like, we'll take care of this on our own rather yeah. than asking a professional that just seems to lead it on. Yeah. So things like uh, electricity for a house that's vacant that they're going to sell. You know, mm-hmm. you still have to have electricity in that place or, yeah. you know, keep the water up, keep yep. the garbage, sewer. Um, you know, you don't cancel someone's cell phone immediately. You probably don't think about that for a couple of weeks and things like that. Yeah. Does the, the estate clearly 
pays those bills. It should. And, and but the problem is if you don't have like if you don't have a checking account like in your trust or something like that, you can't just walk in and get access to your mom or dad's bank account if you're not on the account already. The bank's gonna be that's we're really sorry about your loss, but you're not authorized on this account. So you may have to use your own money to pay those bills. And a big thing around here is, you know, sump pumps. You got to keep the electricity on. Otherwise, that house is going to flood. So it could be a financial burden on yourself. Whereas if you had a trust set up and you have that bank account in the trust, your trustee can seamlessly go in there and just keep making those payments after you pass away and pay those utilities. So. There's a text question in at 35270. I just did a will, 41 and single, one sibling. Would a trust be pricey with owning a house and some farmland? Uh, no, I, I don't think trusts are pricey. They're obviously more expensive than a will, especially if, um, you know, if it's just something simple. But to me, it's a little bit of money up front to save a lot of money in the long end. Yeah. Um, I, I think the texter said that a minor child. No, no, just one sibling, one sibling. 41 and single. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if it's going to end up in probate, especially for the farmland, the deeds, I mean, those are going to have to go through probate unless there's some special deeds done. The, the cost of probate, that's going to cost more than a trust ever would. Um, yeah. Because, you know, like I joke about on here, the great thing about probates is my client can't complain, complain about their bill because they're dead. So, right. right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, you know, I would much rather you be in full control to make sure that land goes where you want it to go. You know, if you're 41 and maybe you want that land to be held in trust, why not set that up? Why do, why should you have to go through probate yeah. to have a judge approve that and pay an attorney to go through probate when you could do it on the front end? I so. mean, I was surprised at how like affordable the trust was. Yeah, it's right? really not that bad. I mean, when you, when you look at what you're doing mm -hmm. and and um what a comfort it is to have that done mm -hmm. i would say it's definitely worth it to the yeah. text messenger and i typically don't state my tape prices unless until i meet with you in person right. one because there's competitors out there listening to but you know it's also <laughs> every everyone is unique you know you know yeah. you may need additional documents you may need less documents we have to do more deeds so the cost is thing but we break it up it's it's no charge for the consult and break up the, the payments for you so Brandon Erickson is our guest from O'Keefe O'Brien Leeson Attorneys. We're talking about all things when it comes to your estate and, uh, gosh, the debt portion of this. I never even started thinking about that. Yeah, you know? it's a scary thing to people. It's one of the first questions. Do I have to pay my mom's debt? Am I going to be responsible for it? You know, am I going to pay my dad's debt? And, and it's, you know, a legit concern because, you know, you start getting notices and then the creditor will put care of that person's name. And you're like, boy, they got my name on that letter. Does that mean I'm responsible for it? And it's a gray area where they're trying to make you feel like you are, but they can't tell you are because you're not. So. If a, if a, an estate becomes insolvent, mm -hmm. um, they can't declare like a bankruptcy, can they? I mean, what what's the? I mean, I have a hard time believing that Chase Bank is going to come with a pickup truck and take all of my parents' <laughs> furniture yeah. uh, to try and clear some of that debt. But what are what are my responsibilities then to have to try and earn some money to pay this off or make the estate get as much money as it could? Uh, not much. I mean, it's it's pretty, I mean, we have to file it with the court and the court has to approve the insolvency. So it goes in front of a judge and we have to petition to say, hey, we we declare this estate insolvent and we notify all the creditors and then they line up. And yeah, those questions may come. Hey, you know, they had a really nice painting by William Rockwell that we know was worth $10,000 is on the inventory and that's been nowhere accounted for. So those things can happen. They may, you know, the judgment, all right, I'm going to order that sold and this debt paid because and that's part of the reason for that is, you know, they creditors, they want creditors to extend money to people. And so the courts protect them a little bit to say, all right, we'll make sure you get paid so people can get mortgages and, you know, loans and things like that to buy stuff that we can't afford right now when it's uh, everything's so expensive. So 
realistically, how quickly should someone expect a life insurance company to cut you a check uh, to pay to the estate? Depends on how big the policy is, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I had some clients and it was a seven-figure policy and and that insurance company takes a little while to cut that check because that's a that's a steep one for them. And you want to make sure that these people actually pass, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. They make you jump through hoops. You know, the smaller employee, you know, base policies where it's twenty five fifty, those are cut pretty quick. Those come in a matter of weeks. You just have to you know submit the death certificate, and that sometimes can be the longest thing. So, yeah. And then this is another weird follow up question. I know uh, we got to cut you loose here in a moment, but like, yeah. whose account does that go into? Like, should it go into an estate, like, no, joint account, yeah. or does it go into Bob's account? Yeah, so life insurance policies, those things all pass outside of probate. That will get deposited directly into your account, so it should not be a subject to the probate estate. So that's why to make sure and have those beneficiaries listed correctly, you know, and my recommendation would be a trust where it can be, you know, put outside of probate and goes directly how you want, especially if you've got minor kids. We want to watch out for them, too. So, so tell them, don't buy a fast car with yeah. this money. You're going to need it for other things. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Erickson from O'Keefe O'Brien Leeson Attorneys. If people want to get a hold of you, if they've got questions, if they want to sit down because it's time for them to put a trust together, how are they going to get a hold of you? Uh, Give us a call, 701-235-8000. We're downtown uh, on Main, 720 Main Avenue. Uh, O'Keefe Attorneys, look me up, give me a call, and have a cup of coffee, and we'll go from there. Fantastic. Brandon, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. I played around and I played around.